Did you wear your Lane Hatcher jersey? I didn't. For you the fans at home, let me, let me go get it. For the fans at home, I was on eBay because I do uh, shopping uh, therapy, and uh, I was on eBay and I was looking for Texas State gear that you know former athletes might sell online, and I ran across a vintage now Lane Hatcher jersey. And I sent it to Jacob, and I made fun of it on Twitter. And Jacob said, you know what? Somebody's got to buy this thing because it can't go to a UTSA fan to burn. We need to have it for our effigy. So he bought it, and this is what it looks like for you guys watching on uh, Spotify and YouTube. It looks good. I don't think that it looks bad. But I was told that it has a cosmetic issue. I don't even see what they were talking about. I don't think so either. I think that that looks good. I think that you should wear that to the spring game on a Saturday, Jacob. I definitely will not wear this at the spring game in the present. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm going to cover the. I won't wear this on Saturday. Also, this is definitely not a game-worn jersey. So kind of a fraud artist, uh, but this is like definitely someone had, that's had some relationship with uh, Lane Hatcher who made this jersey because it's just, you know, jersey knit. Whatever. Is it screen print? No, it's like real embroidery. Oh, wow. Okay. There's just no Adidas or anything on it. There's no logo at all, actually. I'm telling you, man, I think that you should wear that and uh, be a proud Bobcat. This is really proud... like Southwest colors, though. Like that old, like hot maroon. That yeah. They use. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm glad it did go to us, though, because I don't need weird people just having Texas State gear. I'd rather it go to us. You know, at least we're losers with, I guess, money now that I can just blow $30 on a jersey. Lane Hatcher, give us the uh, – Lane Hatcher, give us your P.O. box. We will send it. We'll get it signed, and we'll give it back, and then uh, Jacob can hang it on his wall. Can yeah, then it'll be Lane a Hatcher real jersey. jersey. Yeah. If yeah, you have a sunbelt patch, Hatcher throw jersey. it in for me too. I'll throw that on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw on the postage. Yeah, I'll pay for I'll pay for shipping if Lane agrees. There you go. Clip it. Wait, what if he just takes my stuff? I guess that's theft and I can call why it. Why would he why would he take the text stager? Hello, officer. Real. A quarterback robbed me over the mail. He committed fraudulent mail scheme. That's great. I love it. Yeah, no. I feel pretty good about the purchase though. Even, you know, I, it's not a real Lane Hatcher jersey, so you can't really be mad at a fake not, you know. Fake quarterback, were, fake jersey. People, when I said we bought it, people were like, burn it. And I was like, the fuck <laughs> fake uh fake quarterback fake jersey so i'm glad, glad you have it buddy thanks yeah no our, our plan is to one day own a bar in san marcos and we'll hang it up there and we'll tell people all about this crazy little story about the little quarterback who could and then didn't ultimately and to a bunch of people who no longer care about this uh, thing because we're not even playing football anymore because that's the future maybe tech state can give us some land they give me a hat. Maybe they can give us a little, little corner. A little, yeah, just a, just enough for a bar, you know. Yeah. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that, but we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans. Get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. My name is Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel, now known as the round man of sound. He's doing a rebrand. Thanks in part to his mom 
I think. Yeah, no, best best nickname ever. She was doped up on Benadryl yesterday and was like the round mound of sound. Because I was telling her I lost a bunch of weight from the pandemic. I lost all my my pandemic weight. And she said, you were the round mound of sound. Hell, I'm still kind of round. We'll go with it. Uh, you totally shortchanged yourself. Local celebrity, Jacob Rodriguez. You got people coming up to you on the street now being like, hey, I know you from that little uh, podcast. Little so congratulations to you. It was yeah. fun. I went out to the UTSA game last night. Go Bobcats. Beat UTSA. Evened up the series for the year. You know, they embarrassed us in San Marcos. So we did a little favor for them in the ring. Um, yeah. yeah. That was fun. So congratulations to you. And uh, thank you, fans. If you see Jacob, please feel free to assault him. Um, He'll be at the spring game this Saturday, which is what we're talking about. So this will be a good little segue for you. Yeah, you see shout Jacob out there. Alan at TXST game day. So. What's up, dude? And then I saw uh, Dr. Kelly Danfus, of course, friend of the podcast. That was fun, too. He was out in a parka, like a Jedi. You know, he was just, like, passing through UTSA kids. And only the few, the proud, the Texas State alums that were in the stands yelling at at the umpire and uh, Coach Pat got thrown out of the game for UTSA's side. said what's up to him good for you man i'm glad i'm glad that you're getting the recognition you greatly deserve and we have a new producer too oh yeah producer Alyssa, who you know has done... called, uh, he was like hey it's great to see you you know obviously nobody's gonna see zimmel for a very long time obviously obviously because his career is just in north dakota apparently but uh, some guy did come up to me and go, hey, yeah, you know, and your producer too. And he pointed to my girlfriend, Alyssa, who was toughing it out in the rain. So shout out to her for that. Shout out to her for that. I, I would have left you. Producer now. Yeah, everybody's a producer. Doing a good job cutting the clips. Um, all right, let's talk spring game, man. Yeah, I'm excited this for This is the Republic of Football podcast with uh, Dave Campbells. Um, this has actually worked out perfectly in our content calendar. When we agreed to come aboard with the Dave Campbells crew, it was like four weeks ago now, and I was like, okay, every other week we're going to do an episode until we get to the spring game, and then all of our content is just kind of, kind of, <laughs> from after that point. And it's done that. Yeah, okay, cool. But, like, let's talk spring game. I, I don't really care about your content calendar. <laughs> you are kind of the content manager, though. Yeah, I know. But, like, let, do you want to just start it? So you got the spring game. Is this the biggest spring game in the last five years? No, because none really? of them. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think this, this is huge. This is this is my spring game take. Um, does it matter? Yes, it matters. 100%. I think, and I think this is why. Because when Withers showed up, that spring game for people who were able to go to it wasn't very good. That was that was the take in 2015. Were you there? first spring game. Spavadol's first spring game. I remember. A lot of excitement. Everybody was super excited. It was on the radio in Austin. They played it, you know, everywhere. And I remember people leaving it being like, didn't see a whole lot. You know, it's early. Well, I think that this one is really important. And we're going to talk about all the different question marks around the different positions and everything like that. I think it's really important because I think this is where you really establish what type of team you are. Because if you go back and look at those spring games with Spavadol, there was never any real creativity. It was very much like run-of-the-mill, curls, uh, halfback dive, a couple slants. It wasn't anything really special. And I think Kenny has a really good chance in uh, this spring game 
to get people excited. You know, this is this is it, man. This is the first time. This is your curtain call. This is your rehearsal, your dress rehearsal. This is the first time fans are going to get to see what type of team you put on the field. So I think it is important, dude. It's a true reintroduction for the team. I'll agree with you 100% on that. It's a team. It's a way for the school, the university, obviously, to show out. Uh, they're having like a whole tailgate setup. It's going to be exactly like one of our home game experiences, obviously with way less people, you know, at the tail end of the semester. I uh, hope not. I, it will be. I think, well, the home games, the back end of the season, weren't getting that many fans. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying like, I think that there's a chance that it hits the same mark that the last game, the last home game made. You I'm going to do some research on the attendance. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll double check with with what they have too. Um, Circle back. I I just think that like this is you said it's not important. I'm going opposite end of the spectrum. I think that this is super important because if they look terrible, if they look bad, then you have three months to try to talk yourself into being like, well, the last time I saw this team in action, they were awful, and the spring game wasn't very good. Why should I be excited? So I think they have a really good chance here to put ten toes on the ground and say this is the brand. This is what we're establishing this year. I guess it's easy for me to be so, um, I guess, like keeping this team at a distance for me too, though, because um, just what we've been through in the past, but also it feels kind of like we're in a long distance relationship with this team. You know, we haven't been boots on the ground, you or me, just because of what we have to do for it to support, to sustain a living. Yeah, exactly. And then also... Um, you know, these guys are just kind of like names on a roster to us. Like they don't really mean a whole lot for the team right now. You know, they've yet to play it down. We'll talk about that a little bit too. When we talk about individual positions and kind of like what that means in the grander scheme of things. But, um, you know, until I kind of get out there and fall in love with one person at a position, kind of like I've already done with Malik. Uh, but we'll, again, we'll talk about that in a second uh it, it that's kind of what it'll be like to me you know i'll just be like keeping this team kind of half away from me at arm's length that's completely fair i go through the cycle every single year of that where the season's done i delete the phone number i say no more booty calls we're gonna cut them off completely clean and then by april by april i'm calling at two in the morning saying what are you up are you up what's happening what's going on with the football team that's the cycle that I've gone through every single year. And, can and I get a free jersey. That's the other add-on that you throw in there. Look, I'm sorry that my alma mater supports me more than it supports you. You know, that's For just sure it does. That's it's just that's what happens when you are the guy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Texas State Sports Press, it's got some perks. Maybe it's because too, like the baseball team has had so much success. The basketball team's had a lot of relative success too in the past couple of years, even though they didn't get the finish that they wanted this year or the entire regular season, basically. Um, but because we've been like kind of so on the money with those and being able to call it like it is and, you know, just seeing how they do. Um, football, even being remotely successful at this point, is kind of like mind boggling to me, you know? Yeah competence that's what i think your deal is it's just competence and look you can win off the field a lot and every coach will tell you that you got to win off the field before you can win on the field right if you got to tie your shoelaces before you can make that game winning tackle but i just look at it like gj kenny feels like the right hire uh don feels like the right guy at the helm dampus feels like the right guy signing all the checks so it everything kind of feels like it should line up now 
the question is for Texas State fans, I think, is do you believe in like if you keep doing the right thing that good things will happen to you, right? A little philosophical question for you on a Wednesday morning. If you keep doing the right thing, will it all work out? And I think that it will. I think that because you put everybody in positions to succeed, success will come. So spring game is the first chance to really show me, show us, show Texas State fans, like we're in the right, we're in the right stream, we're doing the right things. It starts first with manifestation. That's what you're saying. Yeah, kind of. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Well, the first thing I want to talk to you about, and we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, on our main show, the quarterback situation at Texas State. Mm -hmm. uh, none of these guys have played significant football at the collegiate level. Now, okay, here's the thing. So we have really only been talking about Malik the last couple months, right? But I want to throw two names out there. Ty Evans, I want to throw C.J. Rogers. Okay. Now, Ty Evans is a known commodity relatively to Texas State fans because that's a guy that was on the roster last year, didn't get any playing time. C.J. Rogers played it or didn't play at Baylor. I say redshirted at Baylor. Do either one of those guys percolate you in any way? Do either one of those names say to you, like, three-person quarterback battle, right? Because I think it's a three-person quarterback. No, you don't care. Malik is just your guy. You're running with Malik. Yeah. I... I want to run with Malik as well, but I am a person who, you know, I don't buy everything fans say. I think scorn lovers tell a little bit of truth, though, and Arkansas fans were not exactly thrilled with the way that he went about his business as a Razorback, that they thought that he was a NFL-quality running back, NFL-quality wide receiver who refused to switch positions to help Arkansas win games. I think so he's he enough to be a running back at, at, that, at that level? At the NFL level, I don't know. I That's think that kind he, of a stretch. I think that he have to hit the weight room a little bit. But wide receiver is completely doable, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. So Razorback fans, Arkansas fans, leave and they say, "Hey, wish you nothing but the best." I don't. I don't think I saw a lot of negative comments on any of his posts when it comes out. And maybe he probably will tell us a different story if you talk to him. He probably has all of those printed out. And there's, a, his there's a reason why you can't reply to his story on Instagram. Yeah, well, it's probably true. Um, so, you know, they are not happy with the way things went with him. They said the arm strength wasn't for a power five quarterback. They said luck in the Sun Belt. My thing has been the Sun Belt has had a couple pretty good quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like Sun Belt doesn't just like roll out of bed and run the ball 700 times, right? Some teams do, but there's other teams like, you know, um, McCall at Coastal Carolina, Zach Thomas for years at App State. Those are really good quarterbacks at any level of college football. So it makes me a little nervous when they talk about when, you know, Razorback fans talk to us and say, hey, Malik doesn't have the arm strength to play quarterback. That makes me a little nervous. Um, not having any real film on Ty Evans or C.J. Rogers. So the last time you can really see these guys play is high school. And that was two, three years ago for, you know, some of these guys. Uh, so it really, dude, it is a big question mark. And I think that's why you're so high on Malik is because that's the only guy that we actually have any real tape on, you know, anything that you really can see. And that's even from high school, really. <laughs> like, you know, like this, this is significant game reps that we can see. Uh, he won, I think, a couple of state titles at Fort Bend Marshall. Um, officially listed, I should say, 185.62 on Texas State's website. Uh, and he was the first player announced in the hashtag Take Back Texas, like signing class. So he's literally this team's cornerstone. Obviously, in a, a as high-paced of an offense as Texas State is planning to run, 
Uh, it's going to be the quarterback who picks up the offense the fastest. You so, hope, right? You hope. Yeah, I mean, and, if you just start throwing athletes at athlete problems, that's where kind of Jake Spavadol actually ran into problems is he was plugging in these athletes that did not fit the scheme that he was running. It was weird, man. It's it's always going to be a weird – it's always going to be weird to me that it didn't work with him, especially with quarterbacks because – you know, I, Tyler Vitt, probably not the athlete that you need him to be. Brady McBride, a little bit more in that vein. It just was weird that they never were able to really, like, you know, hit anything out of the park. But I do want to remind you that Damian Williams was a quarterback uh, from Florida State, came to Texas State in the Withers era, and wasn't really that guy. You know hey, you'll I mean? like so, this. You'll like this. Ty Evans listed at 210-6-3. Guess his majors him. Uh, is it journalism? Electronic media. Pretty close. Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> dude. That's a call. Ty, call me. We can talk. I can get you a job outside of media. You don't want to get into this medium, bro. It's cutthroat out here. You'll end up in North Dakota. Um, you are a intern on the pod if you need experience. I honestly shout out after the season. We'd love to have you. We we need an intern. You you uh you and Alyssa cut too many clips for us. Yeah. So all right. And uh, back wait, to the point. Just before you move on, Zoom, uh, yeah. CJ Rogers listed at two hundred, also six three. So Malik is technically the smallest of the quarterbacks, which is why he's probably so fast. Um, but you know, not carrying that extra weight. Not carrying that extra weight. I don't know, man. Did GJ, you watch more of GJ at a UIW than I probably did. I only watched a handful. And then, of course, the North Dakota State game. Did then he I'll have a quarterback? I didn't watch anything. <laughs> did did he have a quarterback that was really mobile? Did Was it somebody that was like Hornsberry? Uh, it was Lindsey Scott Jr. Yeah. Does yeah. Lindsey Scott Jr. give you oh, Hornsberry Walter vibes? Pete, man of the year, Lindsey Scott Jr. The Heisman, the Heisman winner. The guy who has his uh, jersey retired in uh, Canton, I guess, wherever the little college football part of the Hall of Fame is. Does he really? He does. Wow. Did not know that. All right. Good for him. Um, so quarterback room. You have Malik. I have the field. Because I think that. I think C.J. Rogers and Ty Evans have a, a shot at this. Until until G.J. Kenny tells us, hey, it's Malik's job to lose, I'm riding with the field. I think that those other two guys have a shot here. Yeah, I wish I had looked this up a little bit sooner because uh, I'm their measurables are all the same, you know? So it's really going to be about who can be the most consistent. Who knows and, the playbook. And who can pick up the playbook the fastest. And right now, the only thing that Malik has going for him really is his speed and maybe an arm. I'm not sure. We and he's a better to be athlete. Decided. Yet to be decided. And he's and a. We should also preface this, right? We've had friends go to the spring games. We've had a few of our listeners go out to the junior day and have a good time out there. Um, but we have to remember that the university, the athletics department, really is ensuring that this this is, these guys are getting the best looks from the media when they're doing that. So they're not calling, you know, the Hail Mary throw or the you know the last chance out. They're trying to make sure that all of these quarterbacks, all of these players have a individual opportunity to look good across the board. Regardless of whoever's filming there that day has some good tape on all of them. Well, and that's and that's why the spring game is going to be interesting, right? Is because now you're in, quote, live situations. Now, I do think that GJ said that the quarterbacks won't be live. 
which probably for the best. Well, um, probably everybody, right. You put on the red jersey. There's a few people right now that are dealing with some injuries on the wide receiver side too. They yeah. also have uh, red jerseys too. Probably, probably the right idea. Um, but man, this could be this could be interesting because, like I said, I'm going. I, I I like I like CJ Rogers. I like the Baylor connection. I like what he kind of brings to the table with his intangibles from what my, my understanding is um, Ty Evans. I, I, you think that he would have a shot at having inside track, but I don't think he does because it's a new coaching staff and everything. So I think all these guys are kind of at square one. And um, yeah, I think it's a pretty even keel with these guys. Like they don't bullshit anybody, you know, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> I got told that a lot at Texas state. Those guys can sniff that through like anything, you know. I think Texas State people have like probably the best filter for people. They're like, oh, this guy's a con man on the square. Can't talk I to don't him. Think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I vehemently so. disagree. I vehemently disagree. I think that Texas State has been taken for a long con multiple, multiple, multiple times. I'll um, give you the first one. Dennis Francione, con man. Yeah. No, it's like, come on. Big You're saying con. bullshit or bullshits? No, man. I just, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. Bullshit, bullshit well, I want to move on. Country club dues paid for sure. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, you want to talk offense or defense? Let's talk. You want to stay offense? Yeah, let's stay All offense. Right. Running back room. This is the first time, Jacob, in the seven, six years that I've covered this team that, like, keeping up, knowing everything that I need to know, this is the first time that I can say that we have two legit running backs. We have two guys who I feel comfortable running the rock. And, of course, it's going to be Calvin Hill, who everybody was really excited about. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He did a lot of cool stuff um, in the passing game last year. And then it was also uh, Lincoln. What was his last name? Pear? Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln Pear. Lincoln Perry. Those two guys have a chance this year to really, I think, do something special with this offense because every team across the board they know you got to run the ball. You got to establish the run before you can really get the passing game going. Doesn't matter if it's Pee Wee football or the NFL. You got to get the running game going. The question is, can those two guys stay healthy? Because that has really been the Achilles' heel for the Texas State Bobcats is health at the running back room. If those two guys can stay healthy, you got two guys who legitimately can hurt you in the running game and in the passing game, and that's going to be really important to give you different looks, give the defense different looks. I think the guy I'm most excited to see on Saturday is Denario Davenport. Mm. Um, throughout this week, I've heard so much good things about players from Kilgore College because of that interview that Brian Holloway did um, this past week. You know, you you coming from Kilgore College, there's a, a lot of Kilgore connections around around Texas State uh, with this team specifically right now. I mean, you've you've got guys you you played with on that team you were just talking about it coach greg was the linebacker coach there what is it about kilgore why why are so many uh the kilgore guys coming over to texas State? man man kilgore they they put out they put out good athletes you know um you know i've, I've been with uh caleb for dement you know i was i was at kilgore with him uh coach greg who's now the corners coach you know he, he's a or he, he was a linebackers coach at kilgore so you know he coached me uh, man, I don't know. Kilgore's is different. You know, they they put out products, and um, it's a little it's a little grimy up there. You know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, East Texas. You know, you you really have nothing to do but get better. You know, just work on your craft, and I, I think that plays a big role in why why we put out so many products. I think uh, 
my year, the year I was there, we had, I think, somewhere between 40 and 45 people on my team go D1. We'll get a new round of media stuff tomorrow for their media day Thursday, ahead of the spring game, too. So who knows? More clips to come. But uh, I also think kind of like, uh, you know, what's the saying in the, the running back room? Like, lowest Next man up. Win, heavy or highest hat wins or whatever that is. I think heaviest hat wins. So I'm going to sort these guys by size. Jamel Jeter, 225, six feet. Uh, De Niro Davenport's 205. Ahead of him, though, is Trent Lacey, 220. Again, all these guys, to us, just names, really, on a spreadsheet. Because I've yet to see any of these guys play. Uh, so I haven't really so, fallen in love with him. So you're going with the guys who just can put on the most weight, put on the biggest size, versus a guy like Calvin Hill, who you have a little bit of, you film on him. You know what he kind of looks like from last well, year. Well, I like Lincoln too a lot. I just don't know really what anything is going to look like with what GJ is going to run. You know, it's definitely mm. a pass first offense. So yeah, having running backs that can catch the ball are kind of important. But also blocking running backs pretty important in that shotgun offense. Sure, I guess. I guess what you're. I guess what you're saying is correct. I don't like know. Zeke at Oklahoma, you know, like one of the best pass for. Or, Run our blocking running backs. Who? Zeke. Dumbass. Where do you play? Ezekiel Elliott, Ohio. Where do you play? B Ohio, Ohio State. State. My bad. Anyway, so Calvin Hill, I, I I'm going with Hill as the number one running back in the room. You're going with anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Gotcha. All right, that's fair. I think that this they're due for a big season. He had I think 500 plus yards. Uh, Parr had 500 plus yards. There's a pretty good shot that both those guys rush for i'm not saying a thousand but i'm saying around probably 700 800 yards if they stay healthy um running game is gonna be important man especially when you look around the rest of the sunbelt and they look at these defenses they just defenses, grind you out yes the defenses in this conference are no joke and if they can just get a run any semblance of a running game that can give your quarterbacks give your wide receivers a little bit of a break um that's that is the path for a six and six season is get. And I, again, you know, uh, Danfis, Kenny, you, everybody's telling me 13 and zero. I'm going six and six. That is to me, that's as good as we can get. Like get I have to six not and six maintained 13 and zero. I will say though, Calvin Hill, uh, great player for the Bobcats though. He's five, eight, one eighty five. So it doesn't really fit what I just said at all. So pocket watching Jacob also hates short Kings and that's ironic. Yeah. The broke, the broke short guy hates the, the little running backs. That's tough. The little running back that could, no, I mean, I think in a two RB set out, Calvin could definitely have some chance to shine. He has got that uh, Tony Pollard ish pop, you know? So. Yeah. I, I you know Cowboy what? references today too, to be honest. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to, to uh, NFL running back, Tony Pollard. I will compare him. Um, I don't know what I'm going to compare him to. I'm not comparing him to anything. I think that he's a good individual running back, and it feels like he's been here a while. It feels like Texas State runs through these running backs, and they just are, are on campus for 10 years. It's like he's I already been remember watching him. He he's a redshirt junior. So Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like I've, I've been looking at his name for a while on the depth chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and he's played a decent amount of games. So. Yeah, I think another room, kind of like the quarterback room, where all these guys have basically a blank slate to rewrite their own history. It will be interesting, I guess, when we get to the next big portal date to see who jumps in and jumps out. That's also the next thing I want to talk about. 
because we just lost a center. Silas Robinson. So centers wanted, centers needed. DJ kind of hinted at it at a press conference recently. Like, oh, could we talk about this yet? And he looked over at our boy, Chris Coots, and Chris said, do not talk about that right now. <laughs> we saw last week that Silas Robinson's in the transfer yeah. portal. How important is is locking down the center position? We saw Jaden Smith getting in yeah. there and Austin Markowitz. Is it a position of need for you now, or are you feeling pretty comfortable with what you got? Yeah, definitely a position of need. Uh, I'm not sure we can comment on, on, on guys that aren't here, but um, you know, definitely a position of need and something we'll probably address uh, when that portal window opens up. So obviously they're definitely in talks with people, but because of that next transfer portal date can't really be, you know, very like we're talking to this guy right now and we're going to offer him as soon as possible. That is rough. And, you know, center, very important position. We talked about it off air a little bit. Very important like, for the two positions we just talked about too. Quarterback yeah, and running backs. Running back and quarterback. I mean, can you add a center this late in the game? Can a center jump in and like make an impact this late? I know they have guys rotating in and out. I mean, that's kind of what it's going to be for the, at least the foreseeable future in the spring until uh, the f- true freshmen come in and then the rest of that transfer group comes in for the summer workouts. Which I have a hot take. isn't even that far away. It's only like a month after the spring. It's a month away. I have a hot take. I don't think Texas State's ever been good enough at the skill positions to blame the offensive line for like their problems. This year could be different. I, I'm very high – not so much high on the wide receivers, but I'm high well, on the running backs. I'm high on the quarterbacks. And if the offensive line doesn't give them any time, this would be the first year that I can actually point my stubby finger and say it's the fat boys' problems. They're well, the reason that we're problem. That these issues are happening. You and I both heard it. Like, wow, this is the best offensive line Texas State's ever had. You know, like so. We've heard that like two years ago. Ah, I, I guess. So. Remember when we had the Canadian guys with the maple syrup? We yeah. were excited. Yeah. So look, I'm just saying that the we, we were in talks we were talking to talking about the offensive line man what the hell are they what's the problem you know right you know we have a freshman a redshirt freshman who's 350 pounds he's a big boy i i like that i like him big Freddie um, murphy number 69 zim he could be the zimmel player of the week i don't he have could a be the guy that we watch every week kind of sucks i love it Nice. I got the 69 jersey. I'll, I'll wear it every Saturday for this guy. I think another thing, too, when you're looking at that filling that center position is because they're running such a, like, you have to be in shape and very, like, agile and athletic to play in this system. They got to find the right guy for that, too. And those guys all want to get paid. So we're going to run into some money issues. Um, Though I will say, we, I was talking about it at the beginning of this podcast. I was at UTSA last night. Our situation, totally better than theirs. So, Have you been to the Alamo Dome recently? Uh, no. The last time I was there, I got kicked out. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Oh. Um, it is, you know, that they have so much potential. That place they has do. a lot of potential, but, man, is it ugly. Well, the thing that they're battling, too, and Alyssa's dad is a graduate of UTSA, so he's very high on the school and sets me straight anytime I have a bad take. But I was no like, no such thing. The San Antonio Missions, you know, the, uh, the minor, baseball team. Yeah, the minor league affiliate over here um, with the Padres. That's their team, their feeder team. Um, but they're trying to do a new stadium. So they have a new group that includes David Robinson, Manu Ginobili, and a bunch of other people. They're trying to do a new stadium downtown. It's going to be super sick. I was like, why doesn't UTSA just go in halfsies with these guys, share the stadium, make it really badass? And he was like, but it won't be at the school. 
And I was like, oh, I forget y'all are trying to build a culture over here too at La Cantera, which is at the other side of town. Yeah, at La Cantera across the street from Six Flags, the culture of UTSA. So you're talking about extreme, far, literally far west side or northwest or whatever it is to downtown, which I live downtown. It took me 40 minutes to get to that game yesterday. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. I don't, I look. Texas State has a good situation. The on-campus uh, baseball and football stadium are uh, – it's surprising how well that worked out for us. Even with Ocarinas being absolutely dog shit, like, it has worked out really good. Well, you know what they, they're not making any more of them is land, and that's what Texas uh -huh. State had a bunch of because nobody wanted to build in the damn hills. So Texas State just bop, 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 bop. And I know everybody talks a little trash on Denise Trouth, but you got to you kind of got to give the girl credit for signing a bunch of checks for basically expanding all this stuff. She's the builder. Uh, she's built more buildings on campus than any president before. Yeah, well, Texas State wasn't doing a lot for like seventy-five years. Yeah, so, so I don't pour the concrete not, machine over there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving her too much credit. Yeah, I'm just saying that that's part of the reason is she was just signing checks left yeah. and right. Let's flip Our over facilities are a little bit more up to date is what I'm trying to say at the end of the day. Let's flip over to defense because the defense um, was supposed to be good last year. Statistically speaking, it was good. I never saw them being all that good. I never saw a fourth down stop to win a game or anything like that. Um, We've had three retools over, what, six years now? Where does Zach rank on your list? Of defensive coordinators? Mm-hmm. You know what's tough is that I thought he was a good DC. I just thought we never had the – I don't want to say didn't have the players, but I thought he did a pretty good job when it came to, like, retooling and, like, putting guys in positions. I just didn't think we had, like, the positional players. And we always get the injury bug. I don't know what the deal is. The corners always got the injury bug. It always felt late in the season that we were running guys that were like third string wide receivers at corner. Like yeah, it we never had, failed. We literally had anyway. Jake Gyllenhaal from Remember the Titans at corner several weeks in a row. Liability. It felt like it. Liability. It felt like it for sure. Um, so yeah, man, I we got to retool the entire secondary. Luckily, Sunbelt Conference not a big pass happy conference for the most part most of these teams are run first teams southern miss uh in particular which is now a rival of texas state i'm putting southern miss i'm putting arkansas state i'm putting um ulm they are all now because people always complain texas state doesn't have any rivals in state southern miss arkansas state ulm you're on notice you are now rivals of texas state congratulations you think so huh? or i think southern miss should be a rival just because of, we're trying to get justice for the state of uh mississippi because because the brett Favre thing yeah no i they're a rival you don't think so no yeah no that's fair i guess because they're they're good i, like, I mean jmu should be a huge rival for texas state because they just kicked no. the shit out of us and everything no, 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 no. JMU is a different stratosphere. We are like the bottom fourth of the conference. We beat up on those guys. It's kind of like Premier League soccer, right? Okay. We're you, trying to get promoted. You're trying to get promoted to be like a rival of like LLL or ULL, you know, or um, somebody else. I don't know. A Southern or Southern Alabama, South Alabama. Not, like Not Nickel State. Not Nickel State. You don't. I, honestly, you know, Texas State fans, I apologize. You're going to hate to hear this. I think that you should dead the rivals when you get good and just be like, yeah, okay, a lot of history there. Fine. 
we're not doing the paddle anymore, right? Like in a world where Texas State is a top 25 team every third year, like we sneak into the final poll of the top 25 team in a world where that happens and UTSA say takes a couple steps back. I don't want to hear a rivalry anymore. I want to be like, no, we beat the hell out of them every year. It's not a rivalry because they do the same shit to us. They say it's not a rivalry. We beat them every year. So I don't want to hear it. I think the UTSA one runs a little bit more deeply than football because those guys were so mean last night to me and everybody else that was there wearing maroon and gold. Outrage here in San Antonio. So uh, I think it does hashtag mean more. Shout out the FCC. <laughs> but I think it does mean more. Uh, for UTSA? Yeah, because we're both okay, competing but... basically for the same student body, really, in that same area for the most part of Central Texas. And UTSA students like to float the river, too, and they just shit up a storm over there. Over there. So it's like, yeah. what's up with that? No, I. this isn't going to be UTSA. Everywhere they go, they just kind of, you know. They ruin it. Cause a, they cause a ruckus. They ruin it. They ruin the vibes. They get rowdy. Hmm? Mm, Damn bird. Lame. Um. Yeah, we got to retool the entire defense, man. So that's I'm not not super thrilled by that. I think we well, lost. You're talking the top scheme, two right? Teams. Not necessarily personnel, because we have some veteran personnel: Tory Spears, Brian Holloway. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Tory Spears is a good one. That's a good name to mention. But I'm not like convinced that they were that good last year. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know. I thought they were good. I thought Zach did a good job putting people in positions. But I just... Zach is honestly, he's not one. Because I think uh, Coach Shoemaker has the opportunity to be the best defensive coordinator we ever had. The one we just hired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. You can well, say that. I'm not saying that. I think Zach was pretty good. Uh, Zach was great. I think. No. I thought if we had fired Jake and just hired Zach, and kept Zach, and then just kind of ripped that family apart, we could have had a great football team. You know, I was listening to an interview with Jason Kelsey who's the center for the Eagles. And he was talking about the way that the Eagles have kept like their culture going. And it's like, even with new head coaches, they keep different personnel, right? So the offensive line coach that was under Doug Peterson's also underneath this new head coach. And I wish that that happened at college level a little bit more. I wish that you could like say, Hey, the head coach isn't working out. The CEO of the company is not working out, but you know what? We don't need to fire everybody. We can keep the accountant. We can keep, you know, whatever else we can keep the janitorial staff. We don't need a clean house. Right. And it feels like in college sports, you just clean house and you get rid of everybody. I wish that you, there's a way that you could keep certain personnel. Cause I would have kept Zach and, you know, maybe Shoemaker is the best defense coordinator when we look back in five years. Um, but I just think the way that Spavadol, Zach Spavadol, re-engineered Texas Tech's defense and then kind of took a middling defense at the end of the Withers era and made them competent. It's, you know, that that is something to be said for. But we are retooling in a lot of positions, Jacob. You're right. Or I'm right. We're retooling. Because to me, like, we've had a lot of guys that fit the frame for the defense, right? You're talking about 6'3", 200-something pounds, can run a 40 in, like, at least 4'5" uh four six some guys in certain key positions um but like we just haven't had i don't know is it coaching is it scheme is it like what is wrong dude i'm telling you i think it's i think it's players i don't think that there is an easier brian london running around out there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like you kind of need those type of guys you need those guys that like he was like well i was in those games too man we just you know we lost like but like, I think you need somebody that's that's like that. And I just don't think Texas State. You mentioned like these heights and weights, but like, 
there's athleticism to have to be said for too to you know talk about and i just don't know maybe the new guys are a little different but this is uh this defense is going to be i think square one like not square one but like last year wasn't great so let's like see where they are this year this is also a chance uh to like this is one of the last opportunities before some of the summer workouts when they start posting all those videos and stuff but the twitter is very hot right now football everything is like oh retweet like retweet like retweet you know it's super active start losing games start getting burned <laughs> down the stretch for a drag route uh it's gonna be a little bit different trips online and, and again this is why in the spring game to go back to the beginning of the podcast talk about why it's important again i think it's really important because if the defense looks competent now, granted, it's against Texas State's offense. They're still trying to learn, too. But, like, if the defense looks competent, you might have a different tune next week when we talk or two weeks from now when we talk about, like, hey, maybe this defense is pretty good. We're slowly assembling a bingo card, Zim. I, I started writing down a few points, you know, mm-hmm. little uh, things that should go right, you know, cross diagonal, full house kind of deal. Um, if the defense wins next week or on Saturday, I should say, uh, or the offense wins, like, what does that really say about either unit? Well, here's the deal. So if, if the offense wins, like, let's say in a world where Malik goes and looks outstanding and C.J. Rogers looks outstanding, right, and Ty Evans looks outstanding, and they're just dicing and slicing up the defense, then to me that says that we have three competent quarterbacks and we have a really good situation um, in in the passing game. And I, I will feel very good about that. I will not feel good about the secondary that we just talked about. On the flip side, if Malik and CJ and Ty Evans all look terrible, but the play the passes are getting to the wide receivers and they're getting broken up by DBs, or they're not getting any time because they're getting pressure in their face, then that makes me feel like the secondary is fine and the upfront's fine. So if the offense wins, yeah, I'm going to have a couple questions about what that secondary looks like. And if the defense kicks ass we're going to be talking about what does the center position look like what is the offensive line going to do in the next couple weeks how is um how how do these quarterbacks kind of separate themselves in that room you know zemel we've been plugging these guys for a while elite sports they're the band that or they're the company i should say who works with texas state athletes works with a bunch of athletes across the country to create original brands and, you know, they get a little NIL money out of it, too. So they're creating brands for their team. And then you get to support the athlete themselves, too. So it's a really cool E-L-T-E deal. Sports, man. I love it. E-L-T-E, uh, sports.com. If you use code SQUARE, you help us out, help the show out. Um, but, yeah, they got a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, my favorite still is Ben McClain's, uh icy kind of vintage-looking jersey that he's got of himself. It's just like four Ben McLeans doing different things. It's pretty sick. Check them out. EliteSports.com. Uh, I also have a bunch of different athletes for them, too. I'll pop up here, too. I use code SQUARE. Check it out. So now it feels like, you know, because we've covered this team for a while, a couple 30 episodes or whatever this is now. Um, what we all thought was going to be a very big strength, quarterbacks, is now kind of a big question mark. Another big thing that we thought we were going to have coming into the spring game, offensive line, another big question mark. And running backs, uh, defense, question mark? They could be exclamation points, honestly. Well, so this is what we call bored. People are bored. We're bored. We're, we're just waiting for games to be played. You know what I mean? And that's what happens when you start analyzing something from 
instead of just four different ways. Now you're looking at it 17 different ways. That's where you get like, you know, there's just nothing else to, you know, kind of talk about. So this is why the spring game is so important too, is because it gives us content to talk about for the next two, three months until we get games. Yeah. Cause we're, it'll start to dwindle media opportunities. Uh, GJ is talking to everybody and their mother right now. Uh, but when he's got to put his nose down in the summer, He's not going to talk to anybody, really. He may no. talk to us and Kev week to week if we get lucky enough. Or he'll do individual media opportunities or something like that. Uh, but well, it's not going to be open, really. The other thing that's really important right now that kind of gets underrated. Now, not doesn't not get rate, underrated on this channel because Dave Campbell's does a really good job for high school athletics, of course. 7 on 7 is going on right now, Jacob. Mm -hmm. And the spring game happens, and I think a lot of these coaches – they wrap up the spring game. They spend the next couple of weeks trying to figure out what we need to do for summer workouts and all that type of good stuff. And then they got to focus on high school athletics again. You got to get back on the recruiting trail. You got to go back to these seven on seven tournaments and start looking at quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs. And you know, the, the token offensive lineman who's just out there to snap the ball. Like this is kind of where these coaches have to be. ABR baby, always be recruiting. It's the mm -hmm. same kind of, I guess, mindset that baseball has too. As soon as they, either make the field to 64 and go all the way and host a big chip over their shoulders, or they lose in the first round of the Sun Belt championship. They got to go turn around and just start recruiting people, start going to all these junior colleges again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a hellish landscape. Got to go to Mission, Texas, man. Which has clean breaks between the seasons. Yeah, kind of. But even then, like, I mean, look, the women's March Madness was going on, and I ran into coaches in Lubbock. You know what I mean? So it's always, it's constant. ABR uh, to, yeah. to wrap up Texas state football in the spring game. Um, if you have a chance to go out there, you should, I think that it's the atmosphere is going to be great. They're going to sell the used jerseys again as a fundraiser. They, they always do that. And it's a really good way to support the athletic program and also get a little swag. I, I never understand why that place is not completely full, how they still have jerseys a year later, because I would buy all that stuff if I could. Um, don't overreact. We will do it for you. We will overreact to the spring game for you guys. Don't overreact to it. I guess that's my thing, too, is like, I don't even know if I'll overreact, to be honest. Like, we drop a pass, you don't drop a pass. Like, I've already seen Texas State play horribly my entire uh, collegiate career. And I will overreact. I will overreact for both of us then. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go in with a very mellow head, not really expecting much. And then when something good does happen, I'm going to be like, eh. That and I'll, I I'll expect every pass to be a touchdown or and or every pass to be intercepted for a touchdown. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what? Well, I was gonna start this whole thing off talking about uh, the University of Texas's spring game and how there's obviously glaring things for those fans to, to you know, I guess salivate over for the next like six months until somebody actually throws a ball. You know, Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning whole debacle and the other guy uh, who apparently had a really good spring game, too. Um, but Texas State, I would think, won't have a lot of those. It's going to be whoever's the hot hand is going to get the ball. Uh, whoever's doing well is going to continue to play. And uh, anything else isn't really going to be left to question. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. I think the Arch Manning storyline is getting to be a little bit too much. I think that if he played at Michigan or Ohio State or Oregon, that this isn't even a story. Um, I'm really glad that I don't have to deal with that because I would be freaking out if I was a Texas fan.
because I think that the the national media cares way too much about a 17 year old kid. Yeah, I guess you. Yeah. Ooh, look, I got the spring game details announced. So it starts at 11 a.m. Bobcat Stadium. The gates open at 10. This is on Saturday, of course. Uh, it's basically going to be exactly like a home game. And there's also a bunch of experiences. There's a free 2023 Texas State schedule poster for fans. The Alumni Association is holding a crawfish boil at the pavilion. Uh, the kids' fun zone is open if you have kids. In-game on-the-field interviews with the Bobcats and coaches are going to be after. Uh, post-game autographs with the Bobcats are open to all the fans. Uh, and like Zim was saying, uh, he's, they've got that merch sale too. And if you That's cannot make it into town... Uh, they're going to be broadcasting on KTSW. So just look at whatever the tweet the team is tweeting. They usually just tweet a link and you just hop on. And it's the stat cast too. So you can just, you have everything. It's great. Uh, yeah, I will Texas be listening. State honestly spoils everybody uh, who have covers them. I'll be, well, it wasn't like this forever. So I'm, I'm very thankful. Uh, it was I like this when we were there. So I'll be listening to it uh, on my way to the Twins game. Going to the Twins game on Saturday. To cover or watch? To watch yeah that's good yeah. good for you mm-hmm. byron boxing t-shirt giveaway gotta go down there <laughs> um before we go zim i wanted to talk about utsa uh and that whole game because i had a great time yesterday just as a fan i wasn't really there to cover the game i ended up live tweeting it um and just not talking to Alyssa or her family as they were there <laughs> but way to do yeah. it good good in-laws it was a good time. Um, I had fun. I actually got to see the team for the first time this whole year. I'm going to go out and see a couple games later on in the summer. It's hard to make it when it's raining all the time in San Antonio and San Marcos. I don't want to go sit out in the rain. But I had a great time. Um, a lot of great takeaways from that, too. Like, Jack Stroud throws absolute gas. Crazy. Um, he was pitching over the weekend, too, so he only threw, like, 40 balls. Uh, Peyton Zabel also pitched really well. Uh, also only threw like 40 balls because they were managing him from the weekend. And then Nathan Medrano gets on the mound, takes a stumble. Uh, and so they're hoping it's not very serious. He's getting checked out by the doctor today. Maybe we'll learn something new that I can tweet out. Um, but yeah, that was scary. And so they brought in Rhett McCafferty, who literally threw five balls. And then they brought out uh, Cameron Bush to close it out. And he got the save. Well, this has been fun. So, yeah. Squaring around on the Republic of Football podcast for Dave Campbells. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up.